On the fourth day of the month of May, three podcasters decided to watch a film that would display plants and chops of horror and uncertain. Oh, I I butchered the intro. Shit! I knew I should have wrote it down. Hello, everybody. Welcome to WRK Podcast, where we're doing a one-off, and I'm so excited. Oh, I am so excited as well. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess we'll talk about, like, why we selected this, but for now, I am the Wash. I'm suddenly random bystander here. Excuse me, I couldn't help noticing that strange and interesting <laughs> plant. What is it? It's an Audrey too. <laughs> I've never seen anything like it before. No one has. Where did you get it? Well, you remember that total eclipse in the sun about a week ago? da do Ah! I love this musical so much! Okay, we're talking about um, 1986 Little Shop of Horrors, directed by Frank Oz, uh, fa- obviously famous for the Muppets, uh, and with a, a hell of a cast. Oh, oh boy. Um, uh, this is our, uh, one of the only other uh, one-offs we're doing before we get into Disney Channel Original Roulette, or Decor. Yes. But, random, why, why this movie of all movies? Well, uh, I have a lot of experience with this movie, and a musical in general. Um, you uh, were- I may- if oh. I may interject, I'm actually the one who suggested this. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, yeah, that's right. You can, you can finish, but I'll, because my logic was, like, super simple. Uh, we just went through a horror franchise, Higurashi, which also had its very campy, silly moments of fun. Uh, we're going into live-action movies, and this is a live-action horror comedy, so the pieces just fit. So, also, there's a body that gets chopped and dismembered, which is very... <laughs> I it, I got to that point and I'm like, oh my god, this isn't Hinamizawa syndrome, is it? <laughs> I I this is weirdly because I also watched this is a this movie is an adaptation of a 1982 musical, which was itself an adaptation of a 1960 film by Roger Corman, which I also watched. And having watched it, like the Little Shop of Horrors, uh, 82. It feels like the Disney-fied version, which is weird for all the subjects that it goes into and the darkness of it. But it's still a blast. Oh, so fun. It, yeah. It's, a, it's as someone who has seen the 1960s version and the, the movie and the musical multiple times, like, it's, it's a ride to see how much has changed. Um, between it, especially from the '60s to the like the the movie, oh my god! Yeah, and, and even as I found out from the Broadway musical to the movie musical, that I was surprised with. Which yep. I, and I guess we'll talk about that. Yep they they changed a, they did change a decent amount of stuff. Yeah, but if we're but, talking uh, about the, the, the '80s movie version, then there must be a plot to that movie. Wait, so we gotta show like our to history. With... Oh, yeah, I was gonna say. Oh, did we? Do we? Well, okay, no, you're actually, you're totally right. I guess it's, it's been a while since we've recorded. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's been a while since we've had, like, a history with a thing. Yeah. Well, all of us have had a history with a thing, yes. yeah. Yeah. 
Um, you two go first. Okay. Um, believe it or not, actually, this is my third time watching Little Shop of Horrors. The first time, and I know the two of you are going to be like, wow, us too. But the first time I saw it, it was actually in a drama class. Um, <laughs> I was very enamored with it. I mean, it was an excuse in a class to watch a movie. So, of course, I was just going to jump all over it. But I was very enamored with it. Uh, at the time, I mean, I didn't, like, love musicals growing up and then completely stopped liking musicals once I hit a certain age. I never, like, really liked them. But the specific, like, I don't like musicals, didn't like, didn't like, I'm like, um, that specific, I uh, wasn't until a little later in life. So I was still open to the idea of musicals. So watching Little Shop, I, I was really getting into it. I didn't really know what to think of the songs, but, you know, just like the idea of the movie, I was like, oh, I can get into this. Then uh, a while later, I don't even know how much later, I had watched it again. And my big takeaway, uh, once again, had nothing to do with the songs, uh, but more so had to do with Audrey too, which I think is what kind of everybody's takeaway is going to be from Little Shot, uh, and I'll say in advance, rightfully so. <laughs> and then uh, this was my third time watching it, which my first time watching it was more of, okay, I'm watching it for the first time, what do I think? The second time was, all right, does this movie actually hold up, or was I just watching a movie in class? And then my third time watching it was, this is a horror comedy, how many Higurashi jokes can I fit in? <laughs> which... This this episode could be nothing but Higurashi jokes if I let myself do that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna limit myself to three, and I already made one, so I'm limiting myself to two. Uh, wash your hat. Random is gonna have to help me out with this, but I'm fairly sure that he and I watched this in the same class, right? Yes, yes, we did. Okay. Um, this wasn't one of the ones that we made fun of, right? No, no. Okay. I put because I know if you, that, if, that if you you might have I didn't. Uh, I I don't think I did. I think I probably enjoyed it, although I, it didn't have any subtitles, so I missed out on pretty much everything. I was really pissed about that. I, 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 edgy middle schooler. I was making fun of like uh, Joseph Technicolor Dreamcoat, <laughs> and um, I, and I remember making fun of uh, West Side Story, and you said you told me to shut up because you enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> that is such a good story. I've only heard like the Spark Notes version of that story, but I love it. I think this was one of the earlier ones, and I remember enjoying uh, enjoying this a good amount. Um, it's everybody knows Audrey too. Like, like a like like Kirby fan slash Claire said. Um, <laughs> this is this, that's that's your big takeaway from the original, and this is now my second time watching it. Um, although, uh, I watched it after going to see the, uh, the 1960 film, which was luckily in public domain, as I found out, like, we could play the entire film during this podcast, and we, and we don't get any trouble with it for it, um, and it's part, part of why it got, it got this sort of adaptation, and a hell of an adaptation, too. We'll talk about this, but I was very surprised with how much I like uh, uh, the 1960 film, and I was not surprised of how much I loved the 1986 film. <laughs> um, to very quickly interject super fast, um, we all watched a different thing for this. Uh, of course, we all watched the 86 film. Random, we'll get into what he had watched. Uh, Wash watched the 1960s film. 
uh, I, my time is on a budget, so I watched James Rolfe, who is better known as the angry video game nerd. I watched his <laughs> Monster Madness of the 60s film. Um, and that is how I knew that the 60s version was public domain. Specifically, Jack Nicholson is on the covers for, like, every re-release of the 1960s yeah. film. Even though he's in the uh-huh. movie for two minutes. Because... It's public domain, and everybody knows Jack Nicholson, so that's just how they're going to sell copies. I think that's hilarious. <laughs> yep. I, it's, it's a hell of a Jack Nicholson cameo, but it's it, it, exactly. He's, it's one of the really best parts not of the be film. In the box. <laughs> Anyways, like, I'm sorry, one of the I'm... covers has, like, Jack Nicholson from The Shining on it, like... <laughs> Anyways, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, close. random. Random, you're up. Yes. Wash and I were in the same class in drama when we uh watched this film and I saw this film for the first time. Um I never heard of it until then. I knew of the composers Alan Menken and Howard Ashman, uh whether I knew it or not, because they made the music for Beauty and the Beast. Um which <laughs> which I love and adore. So as soon as I saw I don't I I didn't think I knew it was them until like afterwards, but I just remember being Sucked right in from the opening, like falling in love with this musical. Like, I don't know the reason I can't say I don't remember if you made fun of it because I my attention was drawn to this from the beginning. Like, I think the opening got me like once as soon as the music started and I just was super into it. Um, oh, yeah. And we'll talk about that intro. But who? Oh, my God. And I just Little Shop of Horrors is my favorite musical of all time. Of all time. Like, I arguably may like it more than Beauty and the Beast. I really need to think about it. Um, but Ooh. at least, but if you don't count Disney musicals, this is my favorite. Um, uh, I have, <laughs> so I've seen. Okay, I, ha- I have to know this. I'm so sorry to interrupt, but I have to know this. You like it more than Coco? Yeah, I do. <gasps> wow. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Uh, okay. I, I love okay. Coco, but I love this so much more. Uh, and I and I sing the musical, the musical, not necessarily the movies or yeah, no, that's right. yeah, musical, the, the whole yeah, musical as a general. musical, as a musical, that's totally yeah. fair. And mm. I just remember loving the movie. Um, I've I I literally bought a VHS of the 1960s version. Like later when I was in high school, I've seen the musical. I, I, I do try to interject, but like it, it, high school in this case was in like like 2009 to 2012, yeah, well after much. the CRs were dying. Yes, yeah. pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> like there were the Blu-rays of this movie. I found it at a thrift store. I was like, wait, there's another one? Uh, what is oh, that? <laughs> yes, yes. And I literally just was curious. I'm like, and that's how I found out about the 1960s version. Um... And uh, I've seen the musical at least three times, at least. Sadly, not on Broadway, although I did watch a bootleg of that many times as well. So more if you don't, if you count that. But I saw it like live in like community theaters all throughout my life, at least three times. One that was amazing, one that was good, and one that was terrible. So, and it was so, I've seen it all and I just... I've even and I've auditioned for it like a couple times as well. Sadly, have not been in it, but maybe one day because I want to play at least one role in this play before I die. I, I I really do, and I don't care what. I'll I don't care if it's even just the commercial guy. I'll play it. I'll play. I'll play anything. 
I you should play as Christopher Guest. You should play as that. What is that plan? That but in the window. That's the commercial guy. That's what I call it. Oh, the commercial. I got it. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. I couldn't hope, uh, but we'll talk about him. I love this musical to death, and I it was Kirby. I think, I think I suggested like we do something different with the podcast, but Kirby was just like, no, let's just watch a Little Shop, and I'm like, great, let's do it. I want to talk about it. You I, you took you took zero convincing. It took wash. I don't want to say it took convincing, but it took me saying that this was a good bridge between Higurashi and Decor for them to be like, all right, good enough. Yeah. <laughs> Not only that, but this also gave me an excuse to to check out two directors I've been meaning to to watch for a while: Roger Corman and Frank Oz. And like I, I like I said, I already saw this, but like, God. Fuck, I love the direction in this film. So bad, so good. And, and before we get into anything else, for everybody in the audience saying, wait, Kirby fan, I thought you only watched animated films. Audrey 2, animated. Yeah. Checkmate. Boom. <laughs> Checkmate. Honestly, God, they put, oh, just the puppet alone. Oh, my God. Like, genuinely, uh. I'm going to suggest this. Like, we talk about not Audrey 2, and then we talk about Audrey 2. Like, I am actually okay. I'm going to talk about we, a lot we more. We kind of... We kind of did that for the the puppets in a <laughs> in Starship. That's fair. That's fair. Like I think so, I'm I I think I do want to talk about like the characters and the plot. Oh and yeah, all that yeah. Stuff. And I'm gonna go I'll... in detail. And I'm also, uh, my honest to God, I I love the movie, but my favorite. I'm gonna tell you my favorite thing about Little Shop is the 2003 Broadway version. Um, that's the one I love oh, the most. Really? Um, it's not the 80s movie. No, the it's it's like very slim, but like. Wow. I'll tell you why in the end. Okay. Uh, I've um, only watched the 80s movie. I haven't watched yeah. anything else. I'll tell you, uh, I'll say the magic words in the stage version. Uh, and they, okay. And it'll, because okay. there's a lot of changes. Um, yeah. right. It's the, it's the, it's this equivalent to Higurashi's. I will neither confirm nor deny. I kind of, yeah. Either way. <laughs> okay. I, I, and I, and even so, I still love the movie. It's the one that introduced it to me. And I wanted to rewatch it again to see how it held up after all these years. I watched the director's cut. Because I own the DVD of that, which now you're like, what's the difference between the original and the director's cut? We'll get to that when we get to that. When we get to that. Uh, where okay. do we start with the plot synopsis? The plot synopsis. Um, would you like to do it, Raynan? Uh, Sure. It all takes place in Skid Row when Seymour Krellborn finds a strange and unidentified plant that he calls Audrey 2. And, and when the business is about to close down, that plant brings business and booming and make Seymour super famous. But uh-oh, it turns out the only way to make the plant strong and alive is defeated blood. So, let's see what happens when Seymour's greed and gets the best of him as he tries to figure out what to do to feed the plant and keep the success going and the consequences that lead to it. Very nice, very well done. Yes. That's um, right. So, Logically, it would make sense to start with Seymour. Do we want to start with Seymour, or is there anywhere else you'd like to go first? Um, I'm trying to think. I think Seymour makes sense, but also I, there's something I kind of want to talk about. Uh, I, uh, I would the, rather talk about something that doesn't directly relate to Seymour, but it's just such a great hook for the film. The, the opening? Intro, yeah. The opening. Uh, the, are we talking the, about the, the text crawl or after that? Little shop, little shop of horrors, little shop, little shop of terrors. 
Uh, exactly. Uh, the the Greek chorus song. Um, just. Oh my God! This, this whole uh, I, I was looking into it just and especially like comparing between the 1960 and 1986. This this film goes ham on like 50s, 60s nostalgia, which was very in vogue in the 80s. Yeah. And this this uh, opening crawl, um, just doing some like vague thing about like about the horrors that 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 are uh, that are upon us going straight into that that uh, that gorgeous like uh doo-wop piano um and then of course you have the uh the greek chorus singing in just the worst worst neighborhood you've ever seen oh but it looks so good though like it's it's so good and it's so horrible like yes. it, they really it, it really sounds like that this is a, a place where like like just dreams go to die. I think they demonstrate that more in a later song, but the opening really does get you like sucked in and ready to watch the picture. Like, yeah, I, yeah. It, the, I, 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 I wasn't kidding when it hooked me from like the first song. It's just such a great do up, great lyrics. I love the visuals with the lightning and the rain. It's so cool. Uh, yeah. The, the, like, they actually like poured rain on it too. The poor. The poor uh, uh, actress. Apparently, poor according like, to the behind the scenes, they did put a rig um, on them to try to not get them wet while all the rain was happening, but they still got wet anyways. Because, yeah. yeah. It's, I, I'm not even going to sit here and be like, pout, pout, this song sucks. Uh, zero out of ten film. I, I talked about this a lot during Star Kid, and I think this is at least like enough of a bop to where it's like fine. I'm not a fan when songs repeat things a lot. <laughs> and there's a lot, there's a lot of little shot, little shop of word that comes after whichever little shot, little shop of the other word. Like there's a lot of that. It got very repetitious for me. Uh, I, I understand that, especially song, after Star Kid. The, I, we're not going to talk about the songs yet. We'll get to them. Um, downtown, I liked a lot more. Oh yeah, you know weird, we'll that, that also like repeats the word downtown. Yeah, it's downtown. Much it's much. It's much different when it's one word compared to like a verse. Not to mention, uh, while the main role of the opening song was just to get you like in the mood for what's to come, this yeah. job is to tell you how bad shit is in Skid Row. Like it's yeah, telling a story with it too. And not just the story of Seymour and Audrey and everybody, everybody in the town, even people who yeah. like you see like only once, like the extras that they have in this film is so good. And yeah, uh, really quick, really quick, um, because we're talking about the opening number and the song and everything. Um, I'm probably going to butcher some names here, but I do want to um, say a very for both the opening number and just throughout the movie, uh, a job very well done to teach Arnold, Michelle Weeks and Tisha Campbell. The, those are the three actresses that sing throughout the movie. Crystal, Ronette, and Chiffon, I believe. Uh, uh, I believe yes. so, yeah. Yes, those are their names. Yes. Uh, I, I, I sometimes forget it, but like they are a prominent role in all... They, they aren't in the 60s version, of, sadly, but like yeah, in, yeah. In, from the 80s version, from the musical onward, they are like the chorus, and they yeah. stick around, and they, they really add to it, and like they're, they're great. 
They're great. Every time I see them, I love them. They're wonderful. They sing so well. They they they're great for the that sort of comedic contrast, the the contradiction uh, on screen of these like the 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 well done hair, the uh the the dresses, all in this skeezy, slimy, damp. Scared row. And uh with them like singing inside the 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 eponymous uh little shop where where the, the yeah, just like being miserable while everybody's just like grooving right behind him. <laughs> it's so great. I loiterers, loiterers. Also the notice the total eclipse. Rare total eclipse appears on the news uh paper was really a little cool Easter egg there. Or a little cool foreshadowing, that's the word. There's a, yeah. there's a lot of little things in here that I will notice in the director's cut. It's it's really cool. And again, I understand because especially with the repeating things problem, I, I think they're doing it as one to just establish the tone of the, the musical because despite the tragedy that happens, it's still a comedy. Um, even oh, this, is, this is definitely a horror. Uh, I'm sorry, a comedy before it is a horror. Yes. Um, but also, it's catchy. They do it just so it can get stuck in our heads. Uh, yeah, so. yeah. So. And <laughs> I, I, it's, it's funny you mentioned that, and we'll, we'll get to characters, but I, like, like I said, this is way more of a comedy than it is a horror, and I would say, like, the original, it actually, like, kept it pretty well balanced, and especially the finale, which we'll get to. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The original definitely has the benefit, which is so weird to think, but definitely with horror, this is a benefit, of being black and white. When things oh, are black yeah. and white, it's just so much more inherently atmospheric, even for a silly movie like Little Shot. And, and they're both like completely different uh, in scale and budget too. Uh, like the oh, yeah. uh, the original was shot in like a couple days. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like two days. It was two days. Re- and then shot, 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 shot. I was, a behind the scenes documentary was like a guy was like, I wanted to see if I can make a movie in two days. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. you know what? God bless Roger Corman for that. Yeah. <laughs> he is an efficient motherfucker. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? It dawned one of the best musicals of all time. Yeah. Definitely. And I mean, I don't want to discount the 80s version too much. It does have its moments. Like, on, on this rewatch specifically, the moment, I, I know, Axe, Murder, Kigarashi, whatever. But when um, Seymour, you see his shadow lifting the axe and Mushnik is, like, looking at it, like, and getting, like, really, like, freaked out. Like, oh, my God, there's an axe. And he just keeps, like, swiping down. And you see, like, the, the, the blood patches were a little goofy. But, like... I, w- I was impressed at how, like, I don't know how to say, it's not scary, but good horror it was, if that makes any sense. Yeah, like, I, even I, for a comedy, it takes itself seriously. Oh, yeah. Oh, for a comedy, it's terrifying. <laughs> but for, like, the general standard, like, I was still impressed at how good, I guess atmospheric might be a good word. I was impressed yeah. by how atmospheric it was in this generally silly movie. The opening is great. Um, Now we can start with the characters. Uh, Yeah, let's talk about Seamurai. Let's talk about Seymour. Seymour Krellborn, played by Rick Moranis. Genius casting. Uh, they, want, they wanted him from the beginning. I can tell you that. Have, I'm trying to think if I've seen a movie with Rick Moranis in it or not. I'm not sure. But I just have. by watching this movie, I can tell you. Brilliant cast. I have Ghostbusters. Oh, Baseball. duh. He's a Ghostbuster. Oh, of course. Honey, he's in I both shrunk those the movies. kids. Oh, my. Okay, wow. I've seen like a ton of Rick Moranis movies. Okay, yeah, no, brilliant cast. <laughs> <laughs> and Brother Bear. Wait, what? He was in Brother Bear? He was in Brother Bear. That was like one of his last uh, films. What was he in Brother Bear? I have... Um, let me, let me double check. Um, 
like uh, I'm gonna cut this out, but like what? Did oh, he he played one of the moose. Oh he, God! Uh, he played he played what? From, oh from God! Brother Bear. I'm gonna forget that. I and and <laughs> um, but yeah, it's such genius casting. He pulls off the role. He manages to nail the serious moments and still also like the comedic ones. Like he plays the he's plays the nerdy guys very well, and it's not just like nerdy, uh, clumsy. Uh, mm. quiet to himself, uh, sweet guy, I guess. Um, uh, which, uh, the 1960s version is kind of like, has the, it's kind of like a 1950s Morty. Aw, oh, jeez. Oh. He's more, yeah. yeah, he's more neurotic in the, in the 1960s version. <laughs> yeah, I, I was thinking like Morty, oh, jeez, Rick, I don't know if I want to paint this planet anymore. I know. Morty, um, Morty, you gotta give it the blood, Morty. You gotta, gotta give, give it, it the blood. Even the plant kind of sounded like a, like a, a high pitch trick, like, feed me. Yeah, that's true. Oh. I turned myself into a plant. I'm Plant Rick. Those things were sticking with Seymour. Um, yeah, the, the original one is, is much more neurotic. And also, it's just, it's, the original one feels like, like a, a kid in an adult body because his mother is alive. In yeah. the original, uh, and his mother is like a uh, is hypochondriac, so she's just like diagnosing herself with everything. And Seymour is just used to like eating like medicine for dinner because it's, it's like her mom thinks that it, that that does that counts as nutrients. Uh, and in this one, his his parents are are dead, and he gets raised by Mister Mushnik. I'm I'm gonna a, make this joke again that I made in Higarashi. Uh, wow, we really want to simplify this character. What should we do? Oh, I know. Kill the parents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Do you think Seymour pushed his parents off a bridge? <laughs> uh, honestly, we don't know after what he did with the plan. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I definitely noticed, um, I, I heard from James Earl in the 60s version, like, he throws a rock at somebody and he falls on a train track and gets ran over. It compared does. to the 86 version where he technically doesn't even kill the guy. He just, like, overdoses himself on gas. Yep. That's... And goes cuckoo bananas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, in both cases, uh, they're, they're kind of blameless. But in the, in, the, in the 86 version, he actually has a purpose to, to uh, like, kill and store the body and everything like that. In the 1960 film... He does it by complete accident, and then decides to just carry the body with him into the shop. <laughs> and then he's be like, "Hey, wait, uh, this might be useful, I guess. Sure, we'll, we'll go with that." And then that that it was through that where the the uh, Mushnik found out, and we'll talk about uh, Mr. Mushnik. But the the difference isn't there. Oh boy! Yeah, oh boy. Um, but uh, uh, still st staying with Seymour. Um. I, I I like the performance of Rick Moranis more, but I would prefer. I feel like I would prefer the the backstory of the original film because him just being an orphan, it just it it feels too easy. And, I and I disagree. Um, I one the mother didn't impress me at all in the sixties. I'm sorry. Like I feel like she was uh, just a one note joke, and it just that's it. And it just kept going and going and going and didn't really build up to it. Like, <laughs> I, I, a part of me kind of wishes she got eaten by the plant. The plant was like, 
drunk off of medicine. Um, but I thought that's what it was going to happen at one point. Um, but no, no, the puppet is not nearly that sophisticated in the 1960 film. I know. Like, I like the 86. We'll about but, um, but I just, I don't know. I just, I kind of like one. It simplifies casting. Uh, two, um, it makes Mushnik and Seymour closer. Because I super agree with that, yeah. Yeah, because in in the in original, he's just what I hate you. You are nothing to me. And then and later, he's like, "Oh, you're making me money. I'm you're like a son to me." Which is yeah, what I found funnier. Yeah, it's funny, but it's jarring. Um, and I no, this, it's a dark comedy. That's what exactly what I like. <laughs> yeah, I, I disagree. Um, I okay. with this one, okay. however, he does raise. He's still like he still acts the same. He's still like uh oh, Seymour. God damn it. But at the same time, you see the kindness of Mushnik. You you see the humanity of him. He's really just trying to survive in Skid Row. So, so I, I've never seen the 60s version, so I can't comment. But if we're talking about dark comedy, points a gun at Seymour. You're turning yourself into the police. Opens the door, closes the door. You know what? You're like a son to me. Maybe I won't shoot you. <laughs> That's, that was that's pretty funny. goddamn funny to me. That was pretty goddamn funny to me. <laughs> Dude, that, that, like, I feel like that sort of turn is way more earned in the original film than in here. I, I feel like I, I, don't, I don't know. It feels earned to me because he's like his father. He actually is. It makes sense. But at the same time, it's still so far out of reality because like you're pointing a gun at him. You're kind of like not a father figure anymore, but he's still trying to push that card. I, I'm definitely like, I see your point, Wash, but I, I am with random on this one. Although I've never seen the 60s version. So my opinion is. So in the stage version, they actually uh, really cement this. And they have because at one point, uh, I think Oren has a conversation with Seymour being like, why don't you just leave this place and sell it? Why not do that? You can get out of here and sell the plant. Mushnik overhears this and freaks out when Seymour says, ah, sure, I'll think about it. And because he just wants Oren to get out of there, but Mushnik freaks the fuck out. He's like, he'll think about it. He'll think about it. Oh, God. <laughs> and, and and it ends. And then there's a new song called Mushnik and Son, where Mushnik is like, hey, I want to adopt you now because you're making money. Um, Could you please be my son? And it's literally like this fiddle of the roof type of thing. And it, it happens. They literally call the business Mushnik and Son, and the adoption happens, and it happens right before a certain plant starts to talk. So that, uh, with that, it actually becomes a plot, bit of a plot point. Ah, so, okay. interesting. Uh, are, are we then talking about Mush, uh, Mushnik? Because I do want to talk about uh, something, well, something, some other difference between the uh, 1960 and uh, 1986. Technically about everybody, but especially about Seymour. In the 80s version, I really like the acting performances. Feel like they're straight out of theater. Yeah, without a <laughs> doubt. Very, like, the way that they enunciate things, even the way they, like, move around the quote-unquote stage and look at each other. Very, very musical theater, kind of. And I like that a lot. It, at first, it was a little jarring to me, because I'm like, this doesn't really work for, like, a movie. Like, this is a movie. It's not a musical. But it did. It took like all of five minutes for me to just be like having fun. Uh, it's funny you mentioned that because when I was watching a nineteen sixty film, the whole time I was thinking, was this based on a stage play? Because like so much, 
So much of the staging and so much of like the writing feels like this came from theater, especially when you have like long shots. Uh, I mean, long scenes where everybody is talking in like one of four locations that they'll swap around between. <laughs> I would think that was just the style of film at the time. I, that would it wasn't a style of film at the time. It was just that this is this is what they could afford to do. That exactly. Too. Yeah, on two days. <laughs> two days. <laughs> Two days, exactly. Like, they... <laughs> uh, but it's just really funny. That, and I looked up, it's like, no, this really was just how it was written. <laughs> it's quite, quite fun. I'm just going to say, I agree with uh, Kirby. Like, it is, it does feel like a stage, probably why I love it so much. It feels like <laughs> a stage play, uh, like in the film. They make, they do expand upon it. Like, instead of, because in the, in the stage play, it all takes place either in the shop or in other places, which is literally just out, like right outside of the shop, <laughs> because yeah, that's how theater is. Um, you do go to like the dentist office, you go to the radio station, you go to outside into the alleys of Skid Row. You get to see a lot more than you would because of the film. So they do play with that around with that a bit, but they also I know I remember the director saying like, if we need to go there, we'll go there. Like. I want I want to give the feeling like these people will go there on a daily basis if they could. We don't want to yeah. put them in a location just to put them in there. Yeah, exactly, which is really nice. Yeah, yeah. It it it's and it really speaks to the like where the location they do have, they really put the effort into to like sell this location. Like you you really feel the the griminess like even with like a green sky like we're in Emerald City. It's just, just, just so grimy and scared well, um, and, and so like quiet and, and dinky inside the, the shop before they've had their massive success. Um, and, and again, like going ham on, on 60s, uh, nostalgia, especially, um, uh, somewhere that's green. That is, that is just like, just it's line after line of references. It's like how yeah, do yeah. and better. I love Lucy. I love Lucy. Big uh, enormous twelve. Big enormous twelve-inch screen. Oh, that, I love know. that line. I love that line. Oh, I, mean, I we'll remember. Get, we'll, we'll get to the song, but that specific line, like I was like, I don't feel like I should be laughing at this, but I'm actually like cracking up. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that you should be laughing at it. Like it is. Very kitschy, like yeah. it's, it's like that's that's the kind of song that's why The Simpsons was made. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I I uh, somewhere that's green. Um, I feel we'll like we talk about the songs later. <laughs> I I want to talk to songs later, but I also I want to talk about Seymour some more because, but we also want to talk. I want to talk about our leading lady too because, like, um, well, okay, um, well, how, how's this? You wrap up Seymour then. How's that? All right. Um, okay. I'm just saying, like Seymour, he just does such a good job with just interacting with everybody like he yeah. seems to be like he's every time he's just seem he's always Seymour he's always just like I don't want to call him pathetic but like it, it's kind of almost like this like he's just he just plays the role of the sweet but like insecure trying to and finally happy that something's going right oh shit it's going wrong Seymour and you you do sympathize with him a lot you do want to see him win in the day. Uh, so much to a point that I'll lead to a story later. 
Um, but <laughs> I really do enjoy. I really I, he's like I really enjoy him as the protagonist and as yeah. a character. Like he's one of my favorites. Uh, no disrespect to the song; it's a wonderful song. But Seymour in Grow for me. Mm. Oh God, so good, so good. Yup. Uh, so good. The, they they do one subtle thing in the stage version that I just like a little bit better. In 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 the end, Seymour sings "Grow for me," and in the stage version, he just goes, "Please grow for me." Like he speaks it, and I'm just like, just oh. like, and I like that a bit better. I don't yeah, know honestly, why, I do too. but I do too. it's just see, it's just simpler. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I can tell I, it's because I'm not thrilled with musicals, man. <laughs> I, I to I I think it might be like a practical thing because in this one, uh, they were actually lip syncing yep. to uh, their own audio, so it might have just been weirder for them to try to like speak it. I, don't, I I'm not sure. I, I I I'm not sure. Um, but speaking of the musical and the next character, um, they got Ellen Green from the original Off Broadway production to play Audrey. And yes, she is so good. Okay, uh, can I? Can I? Oh, you not like her? This uh, my my uh issue feels super personal, but I I don't get what she's what she's doing when like when she's talking when she's singing she's great you know. You you really get the the sadness of it. When she's talking, it's she has like a it's like a it's it's like she's speaking through her gums, like like oftentimes like I'm I'm like looking around. It's like is she using her tongue like at all? Because it's I, I it feels like she wasn't like enunciating anything when she's talking. It was driving me insane the whole way through, with with just how like breathy. And just like this, like like a stiff lip. I I don't know. I feel like I'm losing my mind just talking about it because I feel like it is so personal to me. I'll say this much: when I heard her talk for the first time, I I I laughed and I was like, "All right, she's putting on a goofy character voice." And then the movie kept going. I was like, "Oh, that's the way she sounds." Oh, <laughs> um, I'm shocked you haven't bought up Star Kid yet. Um, I was very much reminded, like, early on of, like, a February kind of character. And for those who have no idea what Starship is, or Star Kid, for that matter, uh, it was intentional that time. Uh, I'm not a fan of February. And starting out, I wasn't the biggest fan of Audrey. Um, mm-hmm. And for a very similar reason to why, I thought, well, I also kind of thought, like, there wasn't too much to the character. But her voice also kind of grated on me a little bit. Uh, then somewhere that's green happened, and everything clicked to me. She talks like that and acts like that, and generally is like that because uh, she thinks very little of herself, and the only way that she can see value in herself is if she is this pumped up pretty lady that is like the the uh, beat in your head textbook good wife of of a woman. So the, her it's talking like this and stuff like that isn't because like i mean it's 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 off-putting i will grant um by it's not something that i liked at the beginning but the longer the movie went on the more i was like oh she acts like this because 
that's what was put into her head probably i don't know about how young of an age but at the very least in this abusive relationship that she's in oh like, sure. this guy like, this guy is beating into her that she has to be this proper wife and she's sure. always she's always afraid and, and nervous and she's gotta she's gotta act perfect because that's that's what the wife would do and i've gotta act that way and if i can't you know i'm just a terrible person no one would want to be with me and it's like i think that added so much to the character that by the time the play was over, I was like, I went from thinking there was nothing to this character and she was just like a February kind of love interest. I really love Audrey. I, I, I will, uh, I'll let, I'll let random, uh, respond as well, but I will add that what I'm saying is purely to do with the performance, not with the character. I'm not sure how I feel about how the film portrays uh, Audrey, but in terms of Audrey herself as a character, I don't think I have that. I know there's much of a problem with it. It's just my thing is that like I'm 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 half deaf. I rely so much on lip reading, and if if I had this uh, if I didn't have the subtitles, I don't know that I'd be able to understand half of it. Yeah. And, that's, and that's super fair lip. that's it's, yeah, a, it's, that's it's unfortunate it's super fair i still think yeah, it leads I, I, into like what's being beaten into her head but also like facts are facts like it is hard for people to understand yeah, <laughs> yeah good reason yeah. or not it is hard so i get it i get it yeah yeah it's, anyway uh random yeah uh i i probably was like that at first um but again she just put i i like the performance not necessarily for the voice i can understand um, but yeah, like Kirby, like Kirby said, uh, she's doing this because she believes what she wants is to just, or at least what she, what she's doing is she has to be this perfect, perfect person. Uh, and she has to listen to her boyfriend who will abuse her otherwise. And if she makes, she, if she beats him like this, when she, li when he likes her, God knows what she would, what he would do if she, if she angered him, God, and yeah. that fear is in her. Um, so she's just trying to be like this perfect housewife almost and talk about people who like hate themselves because they're depressed. Oh my God. She says a thousand times, like she doesn't deserve a guy like Seymour. She doesn't deserve like a, a nice guy. She deserves like the worst. She feels bad when or she finds out Orin disappears and that might be foul play. She, she kind of, she admits she kind of wants it to happen and she feels terrible about it, but like, and that she doesn't. She deserves people from the gutter, both figuratively and literally. The joke was there. <laughs> um, yeah. And somewhere that's green. You all said it was a fun song, and it does have a great a lot of references, but it's also kind of heartbreaking. Oh, Just super so, heartbreaking. Like, like I kind of almost cried when rewatching it again. Just because you just like see all the like what she wishes for visualized, and then it cuts to her at her apartment in Skid Row, and you just feel the sadness of like she wants to be in that place but she can never get there and it just hurts it hurts and that's the moment like everyone falls for audrey and everyone relates to her um i think the audrey part that like she started talking and she, well, she said a line and i cracked up and then i stopped laughing and i was like oh my god i'm actually gonna cry half because i laughed at that half because oh my goodness is when uh, she tells Seymour that he needs to give himself a break, maybe go out and buy some clothes. He's like, oh, no, I can't do that. And she's like, listen, Seymour, 
you're just really down on yourself and you have and you lack uh personal self-confidence like literally what other people were saying well uh the the chorus i'm sorry the greek chorus was saying about her oh and it's like oh (laughs) it's like she thinks that and she's like repeating it to seymour that's actually like really funny and then it's like sob (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yep 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 it's so good that, that's what i love so much about audrey like on the outset she is just like the girl but there's so much to this character yeah it's so much and again i love ellen green's performance oh I, me too me too she, like she pulls it well and i it is i will agree with wash it is like i love what it means for the character and the voice is a little unfortunate. Yeah, I I can't as much as I'm like I'm gung ho logically like on paper, but still, I, I think you know what I think it is. I I think it's the difference between theater and film. Yeah, I think yes, so too. Yeah. Because yeah, she I literally came from the stage production. Exactly, she came from the stage production. She's probably doing the exact same performance she did from the stage production. I mean, we. Who knows? Because I don't. I don't know if we'll, we'll ever find like uh, bootlegs of the of the original eighties uh, uh, run. But I I think like I would have uh, bought this a lot more, and I would wouldn't have been as bothered if it was on a, if it was on the stage, and you had to the the luxury of like microphones on stage and stuff like that. With here, when it's like closed up, uh, you got some it it it, it hits some problems for me. For I- me understandable i get it um before we talk about them there's one moment uh, there's one moment i want to talk about between seymour and audrey that isn't the ending um suddenly seymour uh it's such a beautiful duet and it I also have history with this i have some too Actually. go ahead you first uh so in high school actually uh they were uh I just so happened to show up for an audition for Little Stop of Horrors where they were going to do a high school production of it. Um, I never saw the... I, 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 like, I, I saw it once. I never prepared anything for it, but one of, the, one, of the, one of the songs we did in the audition was Suddenly Seymour. I just remember the, the drama teacher being really surprised that I remembered how the song got, went like after my first try. So, like, ever since then, does, like, Suddenly Seymour is, like, one of the only songs I can remember, aside from the title, obviously. Uh, and it's a hell of a song, man. It's so, it's, like, it's one of the quintessential Broadway love songs. It really is. They just sound nice. Like, Rick Moranis is a bit weak in the vocal department. I'm not gonna lie to you, but he still, he still acts it well and performs it well. <laughs> Here's what I love about Rick Moranis singing. Like, I'm with you. He could definitely be a better singer. He comes a lot. Well, okay. Seymour comes alive when he sings. Oh, he does. Oh, yeah. I, he, goes I, from, I, he, goes for, he goes from being, you know, weak, pathetic little Seymour to just having that banging voice. If you're talking in terms of, um, what's the term? Uh, like, like, classically, he's not a good singer. Yeah. But he's, he's, he's an actor first. And he know, and I, he definitely knows how to act this role. You know what it reminds me of? Like, sort of. It's like a bit of a stretch, but just in terms of like, it's not a good singer, but like, it works. Um, it has like that Quasimodo vibe from Hunchback. I was gonna say Angela Ooh. Lansbury from uh, Beauty and the Beast with Mrs. Potts. Technically not a good singer, but she acts her heart out. Yeah, but I, I'm sorry, Random. I prefer Hunchback. <laughs> no, I, I get it. I get it. <laughs> I 
pipes, uh, I mean. <laughs> and if you want to hear pipes, those notes by Ellen Green, holy yeah, shit. Yeah, oh my god, oh my god. Holy shit. Oh, so good. Like, that's what... Especially in Suddenly Seymour. Yeah, like, I, I'm... I I got I will say she mostly puts up the voice with uh someone that's green. She goes all out with suddenly Seymour. Here's this. I can't word it. I, I I'm just gonna word it like this because I think I can't think of a better way to put it. My problem with suddenly Seymour has nothing to do with suddenly Seymour. I am a fan of like I, I play Kirby all the time. I am a fan of just like that upbeat, catchy like bops. And most of Little Shop with like. This song and Somewhere That's Green are the two exceptions. And Somewhere That's Green, like, made me cry. <laughs> and then you got the rest of the song, all the rest of the song list that are just like, God, they're so cool. So, like, it's one of those things. It's, like, I don't know. It's, like, by extension, I guess. Kind of like when we were talking about some of the better Star Kid song rankings. We were like, I guess I like this one least, sort of. That's, like, just the best way that I can think of it. It's a beautiful song. It's just, I... There's so many of my favorites you haven't even gotten to yet. But. Yeah, I know. All right, so we talked about Seymour, Audrey. Uh, we kind of talked about Mushnick here and there, but out of all the main cast, I hate to say he might be the least one to talk about other than, like, plot points. Um, well, I, I, I liked him. That I, I liked him. <laughs> what, what? Sorry? Uh, oh, no, you're good. I just said that I liked him. Oh, like, I like I him, too, but, like, I okay. think he's great. Okay. Um, this... Honestly, reminded me of Airplane. They're at the Shah doing nothing. Like, Audrey just came... Audrey. Yeah, no, no, I had it right. Audrey just came into work. Uh, Seymour just dropped, like, the potted plants. But there's, like, it's, it's, it's quiet. Everything has moved on. And then Mushnik just goes after, like, a couple of seconds of silence. He just goes, that's it. Everybody go home. I'm closing up shop. <laughs> like, it was so airplane. Like, when the guy says, what's going on here? We deserve to know the truth. Like, it felt right out of airplane. It, I laughed so hard. It was so good. He has a lot of great lines. Uh, yeah. The Audrey 2 is not really a healthy girl. Strictly between us, neither is the Audrey 1. Um, <laughs> oh, my. That was horrible. It's that was hor- horrible. It's horrible, but it's true. Uh, I, it's so bad, though. It's so oh, funny. He has a lot of good stuff, and he's relevant to the plot. Um, and he even tries to pull the whole scene with like, um, trying to get like, oh, I'll let you go free, and you go out of town if you tell me how to feed the plant. I'm gonna have to know how to feed her after all. Yeah. So I love that. C- Audrey too. We'll talk about later. Audrey too. All right. But there's one of the main four that we haven't talked about yet. Um. Ooh. Steve Martin as the oh, dentist. Oh, we're done with Mushnick? Okay. Uh, oh, sure. I'm sorry. You so, s- it's good. It's good. Wash, what are your <laughs> thoughts on Mushnick? Um, I, I, think that, I think that Mushnick is fine, and I'm, I'm going to have to get points to the 1960 version. I feel like that Mushnick I, I thought was much, uh, much funnier. And I also thought it was just like a... Like, I thought it was more interesting that he actually knew all along that Audrey was feeding blood to the plant, not just that, like, oh, he murdered a guy, but, and, and thus it becomes, like, an internal conflict for him of, like, oh, my God, I'm getting all of this, like, amazing success, and I have a, and, like, I'm, 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 a, I'm an accomplice to murder. And it's, I just find that way, way more, like, interesting, but this, like, the, the 86 one is fine. 
he serves his purpose, and uh, he is. I can't. I, there's nothing I can really fault with him. I can't fault him for being something he's not. You know. Yeah. He's fine. All right. I love. I love his eyes. The actor. I oh love yeah. His eyes. His facial expressions are great. Yeah. The, he doesn't have the, the like quippy one-liners that the original one has. Where he, he's just, like the, the, the original one is like a, he's, he's like an immigrant, like a, uh, like a Turkish Jewish guy. And he just has like so many like quips about, about it that, uh, that made me uh, chuckle. Um, but just, just the way he looks, he looks like, like, the, like a frumpy boss who's gone through shit and just wants any break, any break. And so much so, he like grabs his success with Seymour as much as he can. Um, yeah. Moving on. Steve Martin. Steve Martin as I the think, dentist. I think I don't know how much of a hot take it is, and I am aware of what comes after. The dentist song is my favorite song. I actually I like that one the most. I understand. I like, it, I, I like it more than Mean Green Mother and all the other. Even Feed Me. Uh, at the dentist song is my favorite one. It is so funny. Oh, it's great. Uh, I I just the fact that Steve Martin plays it up and is both yeah funny and scary at points. Um, to the <sighs> point where the, all the visual gags of the dentist office. From like everyone hiding from him, we just... can all relate, right? We can all relate. <laughs> oh, this movie made me afraid of the dentist. Uh, <laughs> it made everybody uh... afraid of the dentist. It made everybody afraid of the dentist. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like I mean, like a dentist in the 1960s probably didn't help shit with all the apparently with all the drilling and and pull, tooth pulling they've been doing back then. Good grief. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, th I, this far exceeds the original film too. Like, oh my god, just so. Uh, in terms of the dentist, yeah. just like far exceeds it, far funnier. Uh, this far more memorable too. Uh, uh, oh, and talking about Steve this, Martin. talking about this on a film front, and spit, spits. It's uh, Seymour kicking a puddle of water. Like beautiful transition. Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, it's so good. Also, like Steve Martin absolutely kills the role. Like perfect. No complaints. <laughs> like, he's, I, he, he's a guy that knows in terms of like Steve Martin himself, he knows exactly he, he knows that what he's playing is extremely stupid. And he goes full on board with it. Like he knows yes. that this is schlock. This is dumb. And he's gonna put. Uh, he's gonna. He's gonna do everything with a wink and a smile, as Steve Martin would do. It's Could you imagine? I mean, I'm just gonna say. I'm just gonna word it like this. Could you imagine a version of this movie without Steve Martin, and this character isn't like totally played up for laughs? Like how all of a sudden this movie goes from being like really light and fun to super depressing. Yeah. This, this is. This is my problem and it's not so much a problem with like steve martin uh, or or maybe even the character but i felt him as uh, as the abusive boyfriend just just led to a few like mood whiplash where there are moments where i know i'm supposed to be laughing but it's like I, I'm, I'm seeing a woman get get like verbally and physically abused like the the very first 
scene we see uh, with Audrey is her with a black eye. Like, right away, it was just like, oh, dear God. And for it to be, like, laughing, or it's like, what? It, it, it led to some mood whiplash, uh, unfortunately. So, so like the, the, the dentist had nothing. He was no character in the original, and here they at least make him like a like a have some relation to the character. So here's my defense: it is not. I feel like it's a dark comedy is the easy one, but if your comedy comes from like abusing women, it, it's not funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, but however, my defense, and this is more so like. The tone of the movie being the way that it is. Um, and I'm not even going to say that, like, we never directly see him physically abuse her because we see him verbally abuse her and that's bad enough. We see yeah. Audrey with the black eye, which is super serious. Later in the film, we see Steve Martin by himself being super goofy. Then when we see him again, he's being super goofy, but he still has that uh, abusive side towards him. So we know that, like, you get you get enough of a space between everything. Like, it's all spaced well enough. Mm. It didn't feel like whiplash to me. It more meant, like, I'm not laughing at Steve Martin verbally shouting at Audrey. I, I can't even remember the character's name. I know he has, but it's just Steve Martin did such a good job. Um, we're in, I'm not <laughs> laughing at him shouting at Audrey. I am laughing at him. Yeah. Because everything is so well spaced, and we don't actually see the worst of what he does to her. I just... Okay. I just find him kind of... That's my defense. Like, my defense is I just find him, like, terrifying because the tone of the film and the original ending, it's a comedy, sure, but it has its dark moments and it has its serious moments, too. It is still a horror. It would... It works. And it also helps because we're not supposed to... I mean, we're supposed to laugh at him, but we're... Story-wise, we're not supposed to like him. Um, We're supposed to... It's the character we love to hate. And so much so that, like, a later scene happens where we actually want him dead, uh, and we're rooting for Seymour. Um, his oh my god, his death. Yeah. Um, but we'll talk about it. It's just, I just, I just remember the fact that he could just turn on a dime from like goofy to a threat, just terrifying to me. So I like, I like this because your defense, uh is really good on this movie from the horror perspective, and mine is really good from the comedy side. Agree. Okay. So I like that All a right. lot. I like that a lot. Either way, I mean, if, enough, if, if, if you have that whiplash problem, like I'm not going to take that away from you, but I just like that our defenses work for both ends of the movie. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's very easy to make like horror parody or just slap horror elements into a comedy or just slap funny elements that shouldn't be there into a horror flick just for the sake of it. But like, the balance is definitely more towards the end of comedy, 100%, at least in the 80s version, but this is still a horror film. Yeah. 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 Um, anything else we want to say about Oren? Oren is his name. Uh, Oren, okay. We're going to just call him the dentist because yeah. he... Yeah, he's the dentist. They say dentist. dentist like a billion times. Dentist. So, that's, two that's, things we got to talk about. Um, it's that and the masochist. Uh, I would say that leads to the cameo, so that would we'll let's start with the death. Um, okay, let's start with the, oh my god, <laughs> what, what a way to go! What idea. a way to go! <laughs> because in the 1960 version, he just gets stabbed by dental tools, which is boring. In the 60 version, it was like Seymour grabs like a tool, and the dentist go ah a duel, you say, and they just. It's like, what? what is going on? Is this like a Starkid production? Why is this so, like, sloppy? 
<laughs> and then he just yeah he just gets stabbed and it, and in the 1960 version with I, which is part of why I like the massacre uh, in that version better. Uh, Seymour pretends to be a dentist for the masochist. And you have that sort of like the dentist who doesn't actually want to, to uh, any part of this. Although this one is also totally good where you have like the a sadist against a masochist. We'll get so, to that. Oh my God. We'll get to that. We'll get gonna... to that. But. Okay, but the, the death <laughs> the is death. like, you couldn't have done a better, uh, better death uh, than this. And no. Steve Martin... <laughs> Steve Martin rides it all the way. Like, like he's dying. He's dying in front of... And he's actually, like, panicking, too. You can hear yeah. him, like, yeah. like, oh, God, oh, God. <laughs> oh, God, oh, God. Like, he, he knows he's about to die. Seymour pulls out a gun, and he just, like, he just laughs at him because of the gas. Yeah. He's like, wait till I turn this gas off. And then he rips <laughs> off the knob. Uh-oh. <laughs> it's so funny. It's, it's so funny, funny, but also... Terrifying if you think about the implications. Yeah, yeah, he's gassing himself to death. <laughs> like, he's oh. laughing, but he's asking for help. Like, I, I oh my god, it's so good. It's and so the good. thing is... And uh, you can't help but laugh, because it's so funny. Yeah, his laugh is so contagious, even though he's dying his last breath. And <laughs> it makes Seymour look innocent, because he didn't have to kill him. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely, happened. definitely want to talk about that with Seymour when we get to the ending. Like, how much of the deaths he was really involved in. But that's something for the ending. Yep. Uh, 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 that I, I, said, like, I, I think, because we, we, were talk, we did also mention the massacres. And I think the, because in the, in the film, the, the order was swapped. You get the death first and then the massacres. And here is the massacres first. And I think that kind of worked better for the death because, like, when he's about to, uh, to like, do his uh, dental surgery on Seymour, he's, like, super frustrated. Yeah. Because he really wanted... To, to make a guy uh, feel in pain, and Bill Murray wouldn't give him any of this. Yeah. Uh, oh, I one specifically thing... love when he goes up to him with a tool, he's like, you're scared of this tool, right? Yeah. One <laughs> if more... I put this into your mouth, you'd be afraid, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, get your ass over here! Um, <laughs> one thing do I know I... you? <laughs> one thing I say, but <laughs> do I know you? <laughs> he asks him like three times who he is, and he gets it wrong yeah. every time. Um, one thing I want to say, um, before we get to the masochists and the cameos for that matter, um, uh, in the, in the stage version, they do have the gas scene, of course, but it's a song and uh. it's, it's not as happy. Go it's, it's funny and twisted because it basically, it's basically a song where not only where he, where Seymour's debating to shoot him with a gun, but he can't do it. And then the gas happens and he's just pleading to him in song form. And it's, Funny, but also very tragic and kind of terrifying for him because he does experience that. So I, I like the song version a bit better just because, you know, music, but I think both are effective. Um, it sounds to me like no song would be funnier, but I haven't seen the Broadway, so I can't comment. I, I feel like for film, I'm glad there's no song. For stage, I'm glad there is. I can at least agree to the first half. Well, again, we'll see, but I at least agree to the first half. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, cameos. Let's start with Bill Murray as the masochist. Okay. I'm going to make this super quick because you two have seen the 60s version. I haven't. You know, Jack Nicholson, great. I haven't seen the 60s version. I have seen Ghostbusters, so I love Bill Murray here. <laughs> That's all I got. Okay. Okay. I'm glad you did 
because I way prefer Jack Nicholson. I, I like Jack Nicholson better too, but Bill Murray still has fun with it. I was just saying something funny about seeing Bill Murray, who I usually see as like a laid back character, be like super into pain so much. And just the little things he do, like he'll keep rambling and then he'll react yeah. to the tools. My yeah, favorite is when he just like mini passes out and hits the dental thing while he's still talking. <laughs> yes, seen the knife. So apparently those lines were improvised. Did Jack Nicholson have anything like that? Oh, I, I believe it was mostly improvised. Uh, no, I believe, I, I, from my understanding, like none of it was improvised. Does Jack Nicholson have anything like that? Oh, so so what Jack Nicholson had is that, uh, and we talked about this like uh, off the call, he had like this like Beavis laugh where like just like the mere like talking about pain just makes him like, <laughs> it's, just, it's just extremely creepy sexual laugh. Where it's like, oh no, this guy, oh this this ain't right at all. But what I what I love what I love about Bill Murray is like, I mean, he gets super excited about it, but once he goes in to like see the dentist, he's just like the way that he shows his excitement is just by rambling about like literally whatever is on his mind. It doesn't matter. He just rambles and rambles, and then when he sees the tools, that's when he goes like, oh. And oh like Random God. said, like, he gets so into it that he like almost passes out and bonks his head on the light. I loved it. Say, ah. Uh, uh, <laughs> he's like, got my tongue. Eh, 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 eh. <laughs> I love it. I get love out. It. Or, or when he's, what? yeah, get out. He kicks him out. He goes, what is this? Oops. Ha ha. Sorry. <laughs> Goddamn sicko. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I'm sorry. I love it. I love it. I'm glad you love it. I think my issue is that, like, Bill Murray, like, now that you mentioned that, I think my issue is more that Bill Murray plays, he plays more like a clown than he does as a masochist. Like, he, like he plays as a trickster, almost. Like, like it's, it's almost like he's pranking the dentist uh, by, by enjoying it, whereas Jack Nicholson just plain enjoys it. Like, he, he, he reads, he reads, like, uh, like, uh, like, horrible like stories from a, from a magazine of like people dying it's just like <laughs> just like people getting like like killed in car crashes <laughs> and, and <laughs> that does sound funny the, and, and again like, like like in that one seymour has to pretend to be a dentist because he's hiding the body so so now you have squeamish seymour just trying to just finish up the job and, and the guy, guy says why are you stopping more and then at the very end of the scene he's just like well i feel fantastic thank you very much and he turns around and uh, and like 10 of his teeth are gone <laughs> from all of that, <laughs> that i think that they're both funny. funny but in their own different ways yeah fair, no, that's, again again i am I am speaking of somebody, I said this before, no ja no 60s version, yeah. and I've seen Ghostbusters. Like, you've seen Ghostbusters, like, you think of Bill Murray in a different light. Like, that's just, that's just how it works. Sure, sure. <laughs> uh, Bill Murray in Ghostbusters is a, is a classic, he's just a very different character in that. Well, yeah, yeah, but you know what I mean. Sure, sure. Uh, next cameo, commercial <laughs> guy. Oh, okay. Christopher Guest, yes. Uh. The, uh, the plant, uh, I, I happened to look in your window and see that plant. What is it? Uh, that felt so Star Kid. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, I can just imagine, I can just imagine, like, the coolest, calmest Joe Walker role he's ever had walking in and saying that. 
<laughs> that's Excuse I me. I lost it. I I had to stop the movie. It's like it's such a stupid like lead up and punchline. He does the the um the backstory song, the flashback song, and he goes, "Interesting. I'll take fifty dollars worth of roses while I'm here." <laughs> Can you break a hundred? Oh yeah, he he couldn't make change for a fifty, and he says, "Oh, that that good. I'll pay a hundred. I was hyena <laughs> laughing so hard I could feel like the spit coming out of my mouth. Oh my god. Feels much like the other film. It feels very sarcastic, like Steve Martin. It feels super sarcastic, and he knows exactly what kind of role he's playing, and he's he, he's uh, given that exact like perfect uh, commercial guy from from a nineteen sixty commercial. Uh, so <laughs> it's, it's such a it's such a great time, and there's this... another cameo. Yeah, a couple. Uh, but there, there's uh John Candy, the late John Candy, rest in peace. Uh, it's as one of his weirder roles, I'll say. Wink Wilkinson. Um, Wink Wilkinson. Wink Wilkinson. I love that name. You know yeah, that reminds me of Aaron A. Anderson. Uh, Aaron A. Anderson. A- Aaron A. Anderson. Yeah, Aaronson. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> little fucker. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, this is they wrote this role for jo- uh for John Candy. No oh, questions asked. Oh, for sure, for sure. And I not only say this because he's John Candy, but also, um, in the WA in the in the stage version, you know the ending where he says, "You might not call you a genius." Gosh, no, a genius was better. But that ending section was all that's in the show. Um, they don't yeah, have any it, of the radio scene with yeah, John, any I, of it in the I, show. I can't imagine how you would do that. I mean, forget John Candy. I mean, okay, John Candy. But also, I can't imagine how you would do that on theater either. That makes sense, too. Like, he's definitely nowhere to be seen in the original. And, and it kind of makes sense because, like, like this ca- caliber of DJ for Skid Row feels weird. But, like, if you're going to, if, if, like, if John Candy is asking to be on your show, just get some extras, get some get some props, and j- and just let him like honk horns and, and and just do like weird shit for for two minutes. Fine, one I'm interesting, fine with that. One interesting thing I did notice though, there's one point in the beginning where um, uh, Seymour I think hits a radio and it mentions the total eclipse in the radio, and that's John Candy doing it. So yeah, that's yeah. a nice consistency uh. there. And, and that also felt like Star Kid with the uh, the 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 uh, guy who didn't like musical the the radio uh, the radio broadcast they have in the middle of that. Uh, what were you gonna say, uh, Claire? Sorry. Um, I don't even know if this was like intentionally a joke or not, but I interpreted it that way and I love it, even though it's so stupid. Um, they're doing like that opening jingle for the radio show, and there's like this sax solo or trumpet solo or whatever, and like as it's wrapping up. You see somebody in the station with, like, you know, all their weird things, and one of them is a person with a puppet that is playing that instrument. <laughs> yeah, oh, God. Yeah, and it's just, like, it, it. again, I don't know if the joke is that the puppet was playing the music, or if that was just, like, a coincidence, or what I interpret as the puppet was playing the music. I love it. It's so stupid uh, do, to me. Do you think that, like, it's... It's also like Frank Oz's little wink of like, cause, cause like, it, it, like behind the scenes, like whenever he's doing the Muppets, he was all he was always like really sarcastic and grumpy about about the Muppets. <laughs> Do you think that was just his little like just just having his little fun at Jim Henson 
It very well could have been. Very well could have been. <laughs> like, he was the kind of guy who is like, like uh, before they start recording, he'd say, ready to go wiggle some dolls? Because I'm, sure I'm sure that's just what he thinks of these, like, crappy-looking puppets. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, anyway. um, who else we got for cameos? Uh, we also have, uh, let's see. Oh, Jim Belushi, which just came out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the, the licensing guy. There's a reason for that. Yeah, yeah, we're, that's, that's ending stuff. Um, so are there any other cameos left, or? I think those are the main four. Uh, Well, technically there is, but again, ending. Uh. Yeah, ending, ending. What, are we ready? (sighs) Okay. Let's let's talk about Audrey, too. Oh my god! Oh my god. Random. Just, I, I totally am okay. With you preferring the 2003 Broadway version, please at least tell me you prefer Audrey in the 86 version. I mean, how Audrey could I too? not? Audrey too? Okay. Like, I, I mean, to, I, I mean, 2003 is good. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but, I'm sure. But that voice. Oh, that voice. The, the puppet mastery. Yeah, no. Like, the puppet in the stage version doesn't even, especially after learning what they did behind the scenes to make it more lifelike, yeah. doesn't even come close. Like oh this, my God. Uh, and at least this list that I have, Audrey Two had twenty-one puppeteers. Yeah, like you can't even fit that on a stage. Oh, <laughs> no. and, and like, I'm trying to think of like, are there any Star Kids shows that even had twenty-one actors? <laughs> like, senior <laughs> year, which isn't even like a play technically. <laughs> and like, like, like Randon said, um, they. And and this this paid off so well. They would actually they, they would actually perform the character in slow motion yep. and then speed up the footage. And it, it's like if you're watching it, like it looks like CGI. It it it, it aged so well. It's it is criminal that movies don't look like this anymore. Yeah. It looks better than CGI. Like the problem with yeah. CGI, you hear this all the time and like a lot of times when you hear complaints all the time, they're stupid, like Cal Arts we were talking about. Um, but this is one that I super agree with. The problem with CGI is that CGI doesn't actually look like it's there. You, it, it Audrey, exactly, I mean, okay, so Audrey, Audrey, Audrey 2, 1 is actually there. But even, like, just, Audrey feels like he's there. Or they, exactly. whatever. Exactly. Whatever. <laughs> I, I remember Rick Moranis saying in an interview, it felt like at times that he was actually talking to another uh, person in the cast. Yeah. And it was like, <laughs> it was great. Yeah, because guess what? <laughs> he was. <laughs> yeah, it was. And the fact that they did so much to bring him to life and all that detail and how the plant gets bigger and bigger and all the puppets they used. Ah. Like, like the original puppet in the, in the film is sub It's Okay. I, I, I like that. That's the one thing I know about the 60s version. I do like that. It's very campy. Oh, yeah. It's fun. It's fun for that. But you can also tell that, like, whoever's operating is definitely not a puppeteer. Because, like, <laughs> yeah. there's yeah. no point where it's, like, it's doing the cardinal sin where, like, whenever he says a word, like, the mouth is closing. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. But, so, but it's fun. You go from like so bad it's good to like some of oh the best Oh my god, the best thing some, ever. <laughs> some of the best puppetry you're ever gonna see. 
The articulation like, and, and on the lips, lips is the insane. Lips. Oh my god. God damn! Like, like this is part of why I'm saying like it looks it looks like CGI because like the the amount of articulation you get is insane. I'm able to read his lip. It's a puppet. How's he doing that? With the power this, of editing and great puppetry. The this fact, the insane fact that they have the puppetry down so well that yeah. Audrey too can look super intimidating and lifelike. While there are five little mini plants around him going, ah, and their mouths are opening larger as they need to, to make it sound like, God, it's so good. And it's not only the, like, just the, the mechanic of this puppet, but also Levy Stump. Yeah. Levy Stump. Oh my so God, the good. voice. Transcends it. The the mechanic of the puppet and the voice of the puppet are inseparable. If you take out one, it's not Audrey 2. It yeah. just I isn't. I super agree. One thousand percent. Uh, yeah, from when you, the moment you figure out he talks with that voice, he's like, oh my god. And then he sings, feed me. Yeah. Oh my and god. Then, yeah, feed me is <laughs> like, I mean, I, I never shut up about I'm a mean green mother from outer space. But feed me is like his first song. What a pop. Oh, it's a... <laughs> I, the, I know Mean Green Mother is technically this too, but this is the this is a vil- this is a great villain song. It is. I'm There's so- four villain songs in this musical, I think. There's th- Audrey has three, and then of course we have Dentist. Uh, maybe and maybe uh, four if you if you count the original ending, which we'll talk about. Yeah, that's the yeah. other one I was thinking of. Okay, well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, but it's just he's just performed so well. I love the little things he would do, like in Feed Me, how they how they got the vine to go up Seymour's shirt. And uh, how yeah. how they how like at the end so go get it pat pat <laughs> <laughs> and just just little things like after um like when you see uh Seymour and and Audrey too watching Audrey and um uh Orin the dentist like getting at first it starts with a white light and then after Seymour sees the dentist hit Audrey it cuts to like a red light over Seymour, which is like with a, caused by a neon sign and it's just like cuts <laughs> to the if you want a rational that ah visually told very well and I love it it's just so good like and and that's when the plant like starts getting evil it's like and he, I love how and he's the one who tells Seymour to chop it up uh, and that's where <laughs> H- Higurashi happens um, yes. and, <laughs> this is a perfect fit after Higurashi and then, and then it's funny, like, like after suddenly Seymour happens and Seymour is over the moon, the plant opens the door for him. It's like, yes, yes. And then supper time. Oh, okay. So this is, this is related to what you're talking about. I, I don't even know what my favorite thing about Audrey is, but separate from the mastery of the puppetry, separate from the voice. I still had a ball with Audrey. Yeah. Audrey too. Yeah. Like, what a fun character. I mean, again, again, ascends because of everything else, but what a fun character. Like, I I could totally buy, yeah, I could totally uh, enjoy this if I had just seen, like, a theatrical version where, where, like, the puppetry isn't nearly as good and stuff because it's just such a fun concept. And I think this is, this, this this looked at the the 1960 film and thought 
there's not nearly enough of that plant in there. Yeah, let's, yeah. Let's really ramp them up because, like, the plant, it, it, it's, it mostly says feed me. Uh, it's just, let's, let's give it more to, to, to work with. And just how, like, like, how, like, sassy and sarcastic and, like, like devilish. It's it's a very it's it's very Faustian the the performance of the it's, it's of you tricked me no shit <laughs> <laughs> it literally is the devil of yeah, on Seymour's yeah. shoulder uh, yeah, only not sounding devil, like crunk exactly. <laughs> um hey no talking to that that's more Annie than anything <laughs> yeah uh um and it's just like he just tempts him to do all these awful evil things and um. And then he like murders Mushnik, uh, kind of, but also not. Um, like in the state, in the in this version, he just like tells him like uh, he just literally pushes him towards the plant, but doesn't really say anything. Like Audrey too opens his mouth, and opens their mouth, and um, he he just sees that it's open. He's like, "What the hell is?" And he goes, uh, "Sir," and then munch. Uh, in the stage version, uh. Seymour literally does what Mushnik does in the 1960s version, because in the 1960s version, Mushnik, someone breaks in and Mushnik tells uh, that guy that the oh, money's yes. in the plant. I love that scene too. Yeah. yeah, Seymour does that to Mushnik in the um in the Broadway version. So that's oh, that is much darker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. So Ooh, like, boy. you can argue. Uh, about um, Seymour uh, not killing uh, Orin because he technically doesn't, although he's kind of more happy about it than I'd like to admit. He's an accomplice at, at minimum. Yeah. With this one, ooh, yeah. Like, they make him more innocent in this version, uh, which I, yeah. uh, story-wise, I'm not the biggest fan of, but I get it. But also, like, in the stage version, Seymour's more guilty than he thinks he is, and he still feels bad about it, and he hates that he's doing it, but, like, Mushnik also doesn't offer him to take care of the plan. He, he's like, I, I know what's going on. Uh, I see you saying, I know he's missing. If, you, if you're innocent, come to the police with me, just so my conscience is clear. See, that now makes Seymour look worse. Yeah. If you do it. Yeah. I mean, it because makes... now it's, and this was another thing that was kind of bugging me, uh, with, with, uh, it, it was, would ha when he was like killing, um, when he killed the dentist, it's like obviously a horrible person. And then going to, uh, to Audrey, I, I was just, he's talking about how he, he deserves a nice guy. I was like, oh no, that's, he, that just, killed, age he well. just killed his, her boyfriend. And it's abused a boyfriend, but he just killed a boyfriend so they could, like, hook up, and it's like, oh, boy. Yeah. It also shows that, like, that he's, it's complicated, and it also symbolizes that the greed is taking over Seymour and ruining his life, and even though it's leading him to success, and that's a whole symbolism thing there, but that's later. Um, uh, but yeah, and then Meek Shall Inherit happens, uh, ba -da -ba -da happens, uh, and then the ending happens. Okay. Um, Which ending? <laughs> um, do we want to go into detail with the songs at all? Or do we just want to stick with the ending? We've talked about the songs enough. I think we've talked about most of the songs, except for, like, Meek I, Shall Inherit. 
and like a yeah of- and i don't have too much to say about the songs other than that i really really like the genre and the the production okay so um we've got 15 minutes i feel like we're gonna go over uh if we do i'm not too worried but let's talk about the endings yep let's talk about the endings um there's a reason i bought the director's cut uh, yes. Let's talk so about the one I that know, we got. I know what Random's thoughts are on these endings. I know what they are. And I'm pretty sure we've talked about this, and I'm also, like, 99% positive we disagree. <laughs> so, this should be interesting. This should be interesting. Alright, so in the original, en- the theatrical ending, Audrey gets eaten, but Seymour saves her just in time. And they sing like, oh, we need to defeat that plant and get out of here. Uh, Jim Belushi comes and like, hey, we want to make plants. Uh, and he was like, no, I'm going to stop the plant. And Mean Green Mother from Outer Space, great song happens. It's fantastic. It's fun. It's great. And uh, it's original to the film. Original to the film. And it sounds like it too. Yeah. It's so good. Who cares? Who cares? I like it. It's a lot of fun. Um, and then, uh, he shuts down, like, he knocks down the whole set, it's crushed, uh, Audrey does an evil laugh, all of a sudden, like a Marvel hero, Seymour's fist pops out with an electric cord, zaps the fucking plant, you get these weird effects of uh, Audrey 2, and the- It explodes. He they shakes and then all of a sudden you get a close up Audrey two going, oh shit, and just <laughs> boom, it closed because that's what plants do when that's they're what, electrocuted. That's what plants do. That's what they do. Um, and, and it cuts. Hunky-dory. Yeah, everything's hunky dory. No, Seymour no, doesn't no, get no, any. No, com- no, 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 no. You're not talking about the stupid ending without talking about the shot of them running onto what has to be the worst-looking set I have ever seen. Oh, my God. It's, like, somewhere that's green, but, like, what they could get from it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> are you saying that, like, they... Oh, are you saying that, like, they, when they when they found out that they had to reshoot the, the ending, it was like, oh, we already dismantled the set. Let's just... <laughs> let's just make it look... As, like, the middle finger, let's make it look worse. Wait, and then it cuts to the three girls walking as if they're like doing a, like a wedding thing with one of the girls not even showing her face. Uh, yeah. And it just cuts to like a little Baudry tubing like, I'm going to smile. I may be back for the sequel. Fuck you. Um, uh, I hate this so- ending so much. It's- yeah, no, this, this, the, the other ending I know we agree on. This is where we disagree. This is the funniest goddamn thing. I I wish I could I let- love this I love this ending so much. It sucks. <laughs> it sucks for the team that had to reshoot it. I don't like it in that regard. But just in regards to like I, I'm not saying this is the middle I'm saying this to in in the favor of Little Shot. This movie is dumb. <laughs> this ending on the comedic side, honestly, I, I like because the 86 version is so goofy, like, the other versions have a better balance. But because this one is so much sillier, I think... If you were to put this ending into any of the other little shops, I wouldn't like it. But because... Well, yeah. But because this one is so silly, 
I think it fits like just well enough. I I mean, it's a lot. And the fact that Audrey 2 explodes is again just you heard me, you heard how how disgusting my laugh was before. That should tell you what I think about it, but like it's just it's so goddamn funny. It's, it's so, so and it's so funny. funny because it's so anticlimactic. Yes, yes. Oh my god. The set falls, he laughs, zap, oh shit, boom, awful set. <laughs> wait, wait. Hold on. First off, the last line is oh shit in the movie. Which is perfect, which is perfect, first of all. It's okay, perfect. and this it's is actually something that I like more about this version of the ending, too. I don't know, like, how this was reshot, but in the original ending uh, that you see on, like, the DVD, when the salesman pitches the Audrey 2s to Seymour, uh, in that version, he just, like, plugs his ears and runs away. In the good, oh, pff, the good ending, in the dumb ending, <laughs> um, he actually, like, stands his ground and says, no, no, go away, I'm not interested, go, 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 go. Like, he gets, like, really, like, standoffish and, like, finally stands up for himself, and that's how he works up the resolve to stand up to Audrey, Audrey too. In the original, he just kind of plugs his ears and runs away. But a detail I do like about that version, which we'll get into, but I do like, we don't need your permission, it's just a plan, you can ask our lawyers, which is a funny line. Wait, but, uh, did we watch this? But, Hold on, he didn't plug his ears and run away. Um, at least not intentionally. Well, he kind of did. That you, in the version that you linked me on YouTube, that's what he did. Weird. Uh, I didn't watch the whole thing. I just looked at the ending. But like, I watched it, of course, in my thing. But in the version I watch, he does kind of plug up his ears and run. That does happen. But like, a lot happens in between. Um. Or so the original ending was apparently yeah, too sad for audiences in test screenings. So they were like, we got to change it. Um. And it went against the creator's wishes. And yeah, that's that's the bad part of the dumb ending. As much yeah. as I love it. Oh yeah. But it's even, it'll get worse when I describe it later. But first, let's tell you what happens. Audrey gets eaten by the plant. It's more of a struggle for uh, him to get her out. Audrey doesn't make it. She says she watchfully wants to be part of the plant because in a way they'll always be together and does a reprise of Somewhere That's Green. I, I love that uh, there's a reprisal for that. Uh, I missed that from the dumb ending. Yeah, it's... I, you cried at that. I almost cried at that one. I bawled at that. Um, yeah, that was emotional. I, that was I always emotional. do because you get to see Audrey, who we've grown to love at this point, just die. And you, it's almost a religious ceremony as he like raises her towards the plant. Yeah, and feeds her to Audrey. Audrey too. Yeah. Yeah. And like with the court, with the, like the chorus going and like doing the ahs and all that. It's it's sad and powerful. And then Seymour. Runs to a building and contemplates suicide. Yeah, yeah. That's fucking dark, and I didn't get that the first time I watched the ending. Yeah, uh, but that's when um, the sales guy comes up to him and pitches Audrey, uh, Audrey, the little Audrey twos that they can sell. Yeah. In your version, what happened? Um, in my version, um, he's like, it's it in the version. Uh, did it have any music with it? Because it. it in the I don't. I only. I only watched it the one time. It, when the when he's staring at the building, or in the commentary, they were gonna add music to it. But in the in, in the ver in the director's comment director's cut version, it's just him silently staring at the ground, which I think is more effective, honestly. Because yeah, no, I would like, agree. I would agree. Um, but then it like you know the music that plays when he like chops, uh, the that when he like Seymour chops Orin with the axe, like the. Dun 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 dun! Boom! That one. Yeah. That plays while I was like, Audrey chews everywhere. Duh, boom! 
You'll be in one in every home in America. What do you say, Mr. Krellborn? And then it does like that last dun 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 dun, dun boom. And with the music playing while the little Audrey 2 that uh, the salesman is holding, he just stares at him with an evil laugh playing in the background, and you just get a close-up of his face. Well, yeah, it's him covering his eyes, but, like, you see the panic in Rick Moranis's face as he runs to the plant to be like, this is what you were doing with me all along? And you could see yeah. he's, 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 he's was gonna, he was going to do the unthinkable, but he has to go to Audrey, not because he stands up for himself, because he has nothing to lose and he needs to stop this before he can go. And, and I don't like that as much. I understand, but I like that. Uh, <laughs> that's fine. And that's fine. That's fine. That's I, I fine. get it because he does, because in a way Seymour gets some growth with that ending and I get it, but I like how Seymour's sins are coming back for him. And he's just like, I've, this is, I've, it's, you have been using me all this time. I, you ate the only woman I ever loved. I'm, I just, it, it's got to stop right here. And then Mean Green Mother happens. Nothing really changes too much until near the ending where, um, where, uh, the, the, everything's destroyed and he eats Seymour. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, yeah, that's it. He, he eats Seymour. He, they, the plant wins. Yeah. The plant wins. He literally spits out the glasses and don't feed the plants, yeah. please. And I will, I will admit the American flag. Yep. I will admit, um, I think it does go on a bit too long. They even say in the director's commentary, this went on a bit too long. If we reached a point in editing, we would have cut this down a bit. Um, but all that was all like models and stuff. And that was so much work that went into that ending of don't feed the plants. I I totally understand like it's it's a travesty just how much just how much work got got wasted. I mean to I, I speak it as an editor, that's that's how that life's the best, I'm sorry. <laughs> like you gotta cut you you gotta you gotta kill your babies at the, as they say. Uh like you gotta kill there's sometimes uh like what what you find so near and dear just has to be cut. Um I did find this one. I, I did uh, while we were talking. I did find this because uh, 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 Frank Oz was talking about the ending, and he said that when they originally tested it, like they they had to have like a fifty five percent recommend to have to be released, and they got a thirteen. <laughs> the audience <laughs> despised it, all because of the ending. Uh, all because of that ending. Like uh, like they had they had to like to. That is, uh, like, we do everything. And I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it so much. It, I, I, I understand that. I totally understand, like, like uh, in terms of, like, ethically. <laughs> I, I, I support the, the artistic decision. I definitely think that I would have liked this better if it was cut way shorter. I was Agreed. just, just going to say, if there was less of people running around being terrified and... It's just over uh, and over again, yeah, too. Like, yeah. So, what I the you watch the original or um the not theatrical, theatrical ending, the deleted ending. Um, you don't watch it for the people running around terrified. You watch it for the Audrey twos. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, mastery, like the, it has some. It, it, it has some great visuals, like one of the Audrey twos, like 
like uh, like there's a train uh that going through <laughs> and it just aims yes. right for Azutu's mouth. Yeah. Like there's that's also- a f- that's a great gag. Uh, like sorry sorry 1986 audience. That one is that one rocked. Not to mention the Audrey 2 that like blows on the like up, like the smoke tower and just yeah. blows up every building. Um <laughs> or, this is like the one gag involving the people that I really really liked. Um when the, when they were watching the TV, the vine comes out of the TV, they grab the guy and in the background, you can just see, like, the two vines are tugging on the woman, and she's like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> it, it turns into a B-movie. It turns into a B-movie, yeah. and it's great. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it, and that's fine. I, 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 but, again, it's the same thing over and over again. I, yeah, I, 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 I if, agree. If they had edited it down, I'm sure it would have just been mostly the Audreys running around town. Yeah. Or they would just want to cut it down to, like, the cool gags. And, like... Yeah, like, a few shots of people running around scared. They probably would have cut out the dog in its entirety because it's, like, why would you even imply that there's a dog in danger? People are going to hate that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Um, But most uh, of it would just be the Audrey's because that's the visual spectacle. That's what everyone's here for. All right. So I'll... I'll add this real quick because as I'm scrolling through, this is a fascinating interview. I wish I I read uh, read on this earlier, but I do want to add this theory from Frank Oz about why the audience didn't like it so much. He says, It's a lesson learned because when the plant kills Seymour and Audrey on stage, the actors afterwards take a bow. Yep. The difference is in movies, they don't take a bow. They're gone, and so the audience lost the people they loved. As yep. opposed to the theater audience where they knew the people who played Audrey and Seymour were still alive. Yep. That's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I heard that interview, actually. I heard it, too. Yeah. Um, um, okay, so... Wait, I was going to bring out one more piece of trivia real quick. Um, right. So one of the cool things I like about the 1960 version is how it ends with the people who get eaten. Um, they yes, turn into... I, that was a generally creepy visual, yeah. too. That didn't happen in the movie, but well, in the what stage what version, what happens? What happens? I don't know. In the st- well, so, uh, well, in the end. So in the in the 1960 version, um, what they, this is becomes a big twist at the very end because it's eating people and it's uh, so far every like the the cops are like dumbasses and they just think like oh, oh who knows hey what's with this weird plant or oh, whatever. And then at, at the uh, toward the very end, it starts growing flowers, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, it's starting to bloom!" And all of the flowers have the victims' faces inside them. Oh and, wow! And, 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 and with the 1960s cheapo budget, it actually makes it more effective with just how like disgusting the faces look. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. So yeah, they didn't do that in the movie version. But in the stage version, in the in stage st- version, they have like the co- chorus. I think they have the chorus like singing, um, don't be, uh, start the startup that they do in the movie. But instead of like a random chorus just singing while people get attacked, they have the actors come out in pedals in the stage yep. version and they're just singing their lines in the plant's leaves, which is really uh. cool and a really nice reference to the original. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think I f- prefer that. Like, if you're gonna go with that, I, fi- I, I would prefer that they just have that same creepy ass visual. It's just again, it's so startling to see. Yeah, and like imagining this, like 
connected to that incredible puppet, maybe that's what the audience would have needed if I, they I, wanted to see the the I, uh, the couple together so badly. I don't think it would have worked back in the eighties. Like they could have done a lot, but that would have been almost gimmicky on the on a film. Yeah, uh, no, I can agree. I can agree. I, the reason they it worked in the movies was be in the sixties version was because it was like so uncannily bad it was creepy like i don't think they would have made it work um but they could do that on stage because you can get away with it a bit and it works on stage it really really does i think it's really effective even kind of creepy and honestly kind of funny um but oh for sure sure. and i like that better than just watching people endlessly that we don't care about get chased uh with some cool audrey 2 visuals well if you're annoyed at people getting chased random, there is always Audrey 2 getting electrified. Oh, <laughs> shit! Okay, okay. So, I do want to know this. Um, obviously, random prefers the original ending just because of what the original... Uh, the, yeah, the original ending just because of all the nightmares with the redone yeah. ending. The, for the, the production and the... Yeah. yeah. I, I appreciate that uh, in that ending, Seymour's cause to stop Audrey 2 is less noble, therefore he loses, compared to when, you know, he hasn't lost everything, he's actually like, okay, I want to save people now, I want to make up for my actions, and he makes it out okay. I like that, I like that little difference, but, <laughs> I, I, I gotta admit it, uh, I'm in, like, the, the horror in this movie is great, I'm in it for the comedy, this ending is so dumb and so funny, I prefer the redone <laughs> ending. Uh, and I mean, yeah, it is nice. And more, I mean, for Seymour, it's nice. I'm glad Audrey got that happy ending. Like, that made me happy. Um, so, Wash, which one do you prefer? And then, uh, after that, uh, the timer's up. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, well- I, I, I'm gonna have to agree. Uh, mainly just in terms of pacing, I, th- I feel that the, the original is, is uh, just a better ending. It, again, it's, it's, it's sad that, that it didn't work out for uh, Stuck artistically but this is 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 they they at least uh have a sort of like wink of like oh everything's still not okay once you see that that little uh that tiny little plant smiling by the way the the structure of that smile is again how the fuck is that a puppet (laughs) how is that don't look at me don't look at me (laughs) um it's it's like maybe if I had actually watched the full director's cut like Random did, maybe it would have placed uh, everything better. But when I was watching uh, just the isolated deleted scene, I was like, "Okay, can this be over yet?" <laughs> like I'm getting the point. Like the the like you just needed the Audrey two gag, especially like the the Audrey two like bursting through the theater screen. I feel like that that felt like Gremlins 2. That that the it's, it's like a Joe Dante film. That that felt super fun. Yeah. I I agree. The biggest problem with that ending is the uh, don't feed the plants too long. 100%. Yeah. Um, so, humor I me. I love this ending humor, better. Humor me really quick watch and then we'll get to final thoughts. Um Yeah. Properly edited down, which ending would you take? Shoot, that's a good question. Um, I, I mean, random and I are pretty firmly rooted. <laughs> that was a pun. Uh, yeah, if, if we're going for if we're going for edited, I 
like prop like properly edited, I think would have to uh, switch back then. Uh, I I I'm a I, I like my dark comedy, so I I this would have been uh, it would have been some great some great fun to see such an iconic monster get exactly what he wants. <laughs> All right, uh, well, so, yeah, I'm outnumbered three to one. You random <laughs> and the timer. Yeah. Final thoughts. Okay, finally, we can get to final thoughts. Yes. <laughs> Good lord. I was very surprised. Uh, I, I mentioned the, the 1960 film a few times. I was very surprised with, uh, with both. Uh, well, I was surprised with, with how much I, I enjoyed from the 1960 film. I was surprised that it's even a 1960 film because it, it feels like a, like a 70s film with, with just how like grimy and cheap it is. Uh, but I'm surprised with how much I enjoyed the Roger Corman film, and I can't say I was surprised, but I was uh, pleased as punch with with the uh, with, with the the Frank Oz film. Incredibly well directed. Uh, just, just I love the the set design and this is uh. We, it feels like we still haven't said enough about the puppet. About the, it's just the most iconic thing about it. Um, and the songs are just, they're all bops. They're, they're all, they're all doo-wop bops. And, and, and like a classic rock. It's just so much fun stuff uh, in this. Just so, so kitschy and winky and fun. Fun. <laughs> We're having fun, aren't we? All right, that's my thing. Uh, do you want to go, Kirby, or do you want me to go? Uh, I have no preference of going last, first, or in the middle anymore. I, I almost never go in the middle, but if you want me to go in the middle, it's like, whatever. Go in the middle. Have... Well, okay. <laughs> All right. I will, but next time, you might want to be a little bit nicer, young man. <laughs> you sure do drive a hard bar. <laughs> okay, so I don't even know how I should say this, Lee. Coming into this, I was expecting a little shop to be like I mean, obviously like amazing in, in certain regards, but kinda like Maybe, like, around the Starship ballpark, if I had to compare it to other things that I had seen for the podcast, like, I'll I'll rank it just to, like, have it ranked for funsies, but it's not so close to the top or so close to the bottom that, like, I care that much about ranking it. Um, I finished it. Uh, I had to sleep on it. I had to sleep on it. Uh, I thought about it all day at work today. I listened to a bunch of our other podcast episodes, uh, some really good, some really bad, to, you know, neutralize, just try to, like, calm myself down a little bit. But, um, my top five movies that I've seen for the podcast so far, of course, in my opinion, and ignoring all things Higurashi, because I have Higurashi ranked as well, but those aren't movies, so I'm just not going to count it. Um, my top five would be Incredibles, uh, top to bottom. Incredibles, Tokyo Godfathers, Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, Silent Voice. And I really thought about it, and it's like, I like this more than Shaun of the Dead. I, I, I like this. Ooh. Uh, 
not quite Tokyo Godfathers. I still prefer Tokyo Godfathers. Just that, like, if we're going to talk about, like, mastery, like, of facial expressions, there you go. Um, and this isn't even like, oh, well, I need to see the movie more. This is just my first time seeing it. It's like, no, this is my third time watching this movie. I was shocked by how much I remember it. I was shocked by how much was caught me off guard, how much fun I had with the characters, how Audrey won. I was just expecting her to be the girl. What a character. Wow, so much depth, so much tragedy. And some good laughs here and there, too. It's not like she wasn't funny. She's not Audrey, too, but who is? Um, just generally, like, a lot of really good laughs. Amazing soundtrack. Like, three or four villain songs, depending on how you want to look at it. Like, that's a steal. It's <laughs> um, hilar hilarious. Like, out of everything we've seen that was, this felt more like Star Kid than Spies are Forever. <laughs> This felt more like Star Kid than Black Friday. <laughs> like, so good. It is so good. And somehow we have not sung the praises of Audrey 2 enough. You cannot in a single lifetime sing the praises of Audrey 2 enough. I love this so much. This was already one of my favorite musicals. And then Random showed a Star Kid, and I'm like, oh. Oops, my favorite musical is Trail to Oregon now. And that's still the case for theater at the moment that we're talking, but like I probably take this over TTO. Like I I I love this so much. My the only thing that I can really think of that I might be like, okay, maybe I could tone it down a little bit is if I choose to watch the other versions. Because there are some things that you two are talking about, about both the 2003 Broadway and the 60s version. I think this would still be my favorite by a by a country mile, just because of Audrey Taylor. But just some things that you were saying about those that I'm like, you know, I think if I saw that, I might kind of like, like this a little bit less. So, uh, I'm probably never going to watch those. <laughs> but if I do, this might go down a little bit. But for now, uh, I like this more than Shaun of the Dead. Uh, absolute masterpiece. Random. All right. I love this movie. Um, there's, I know, shocker. Um, <laughs> yeah, but little, this is watching this movie is arguably what got me into musical theater. I, I would not be surprised. I can't think of any other musical early experience that isn't Disney that would have, <laughs> I was going to say Disney. Yeah. I like <laughs> Disney is Disney, but like when it comes to not Disney musical properties, this is probably what got me into theater. And I so glad I watched it when I did. And well, the movie does have the ending that I don't like. Um, most of the movie is still fantastic, even so. I still prefer the director's cut, but I love, 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 love this movie. The characters are great. The story is well told. The style is fantastic. The songs are bops. Feed Me is my personal favorite. Um, I, it's just, the, everything is just wonderful. Wonderful. And, I never get tired of watching. I was literally watching, uh, and li I was li listening to some of the soundtracks at work, both the Broadway version and the movie soundtrack. I, we can't praise the puppet enough. No matter how much all three of us say we can't praise enough, we truly cannot praise it enough. They put so much effort into this green puppet that so incredibly detailed, so fun, and really love it. I, it's one of my favorite, mu it's my favorite musical of all time. And this is therefore this makes this one of my favorite movie musicals of all time. Although director's cut, 
I I got I I don't I don't like that ending. I don't like mostly because because I feel like one it goes against the artists the 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 how Howard Ashman's and in original vision because he wrote the script along with the with the lyrics. So yeah, I I found out that he actually like he rewrote it because the original one was even more like even more tied to the stage version. Yeah. Uh, that than what we got, and it's better off for it because like if you, there are so many we didn't talk about this. There's so many movie musicals where like you take those same performances from the uh from the stage, and it just feels way too extra. When you put the camera yeah. that close, everything like it's way too too much. Yep, way too much. But I think here they do it just right. Um, I love it. I I love it. I'm really glad we talked about it. I would not shut up about it, and I want to see it again. They apparent it is off Broadway in New York right now, and I am so tempted to just take a day, go on a train and see it, because <laughs> even though I've seen it like so many times, I always am down to see it one more time, because it's my favorite. I love it. This seems like like the most fun to watch as a stage. Oh, it would. It is. It is. Even the bad ones. It's, Especially with even that the bad time. Even the bad productions are still have some goodness in them. Because just told, well written story, but the movie itself, I really do like it, and it's what introduced me to it and got me into theater in general. So, I it has a very soft spot in my heart. I don't know where I'd rank it among all the other things I've watched, but I like it more than Coco. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> So my favorite is uh feed me uh Herbie's is dentist. What's your favorite song, Wash? Oh God, I gotta look at the list. I have to look at the <laughs> list. Um, and again, just to reiterate, you have no idea how badly I want to say Mean Green Mother from Outer Space. Oh, I know it's tough, and I love that song too. But I just, I just like feed me more. I just no, no, that's super fair. That's super fair. It's just like I like there you go. That's how stacked of a soundtrack this is. Yeah. Both of them are extremely good songs. Uh, if we're gonna talk, if if we're gonna do the one of us, each of us picks a different song, then mine is gonna have to be Skid Row Downtown. Yeah, like oh, we did not talk about Downtown enough. Oh, we didn't. It was so good. Uh. No. Yeah, uh. yeah. Espe- especially the um, the, the remember that old woman that was walking through the alley? Uh, God damn. God damn! What a voice. There's this, this, this everyone just did it, did it so, uh, so well. And it, it, it the, the 1960 film just doesn't feel nearly enough like Skid Row, like uh, as this song does. Agreed. Hey, watch this movie. I know we're telling you this yeah. two hours in, but watch this movie. Yeah. yeah. Please. Um, yeah. After all this, it's like, yeah, movie's all right. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> the puppet was good. Puppet was good. I'll, uh, I'll give you that. I know we both love puppets. Anyway. Oh, does this mean that we can finally do Jim Henson films? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one um, day. Yeah, uh, Jim Henson's perspective is down the line. Yeah. Uh, oh, that would be so much. And with that, <laughs> well, I believe this is the last one off before Decor starts. Yeah. <sighs> yep, we are going to be doing uh, the... Again, if, we, if you didn't hear us before, we're doing... Disney Channel original movies, and we're gonna pick them completely at random because there are way too many of them, and we don't have that time or patience. And with that, 
This was so much fun. I love. You them. know what else is fun? Plugging. Yes, what? plug. If you liked what you're listening to, then uh, you can you can check us out on uh, you can follow us on Twitter, uh, twitter.com slash wrk podcast. We'll let you know when the the next podcast comes out, which will be Disney Channel Original Roulette or Decor. Um, you can subscribe to us on YouTube uh, and uh, 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 post comments on the latest episodes uh, there, youtube.com slash WRK podcast. Uh, and you can uh, listen to us to an audio form in wrk.simplecast.com and wherever else you may get your podcast. And emphasis on pod. Oh, oh my God. Oh, well, it's still good advertising. (laughs) (laughs) We're so living. (laughs) And with that, I'm randomly Seymour here. I'm a dentist. This was an unusual story and a fascinating plant. Well, while I'm here, I might as well take $50 worth of roses. $50? (laughs) Can you break 100? No. Well, then I'll just have to take twice as many, won't I? Twice as many? (laughs) Twice as many. (laughs) 